How about we heat things up tonight? Mm, how so? Get a little fresh. Add some steam, sizzle, and spice. <laughs> Wait, you're talking about going to Outback again, aren't you? Fire things up at Outback Steakhouse. For a limited time, try our Bloomin' Fried Shrimp. Or get fresh with our new strawberry salad. Go big with our bone-in ribeye. Or the filet and grilled shrimp on the barbie. Then cool off with a cucumber crush or peanut koala. Try them all before they're gone. Let's Outback. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the world's greatest Bronze Age comic book podcast, Flea Market Fantasy, I'm your co-host, Mike Gallon, as always, I'm joined by... Michael Dell of the LCS Hockey Radio Show. Woo, that's right! And to celebrate Spidey time, we have a Spidey-ish pick. Want to tell everybody what we're reviewing? Today, Mike we will be reading Peter Porker, The Spectacular Spider-Ham, issue 2 yeah. from 1985. That's right. And just so everyone knows, the reason we did issue 2 is because issue 1 has already been reviewed... On here comes the Spider Cast number sixty. Yeah, that is correct. Check that out. Because last week on the show, Mike, I said I like to be hip and cool with the kids, and uh, there is a new Spider-Man movie coming out, and I was so hip and cool with the kids, I, I got the name of the movie wrong. I think I said it was Far From Home. <laughs> that was oh the yeah, other one, right? No way, yeah, is, no way home. It's a No Way Home. No Way Home. So, uh, did you see this new Spider-Man movie? Spoiler alert: Yes, I did. I did see it. And uh, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Well, there's a lot of spoilers out there, I guess. But uh, it's about the multiverse. Right. And all the different versions of Spider-Man show up. And one of them is the aforementioned Peter Porker. The spectacular Spider-Ham, right? I don't think he shows up in that one, no. Are you serious? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. You So you haven't seen the movie? No. Wait a minute. No, no, no. He, Peter Porker does not show up. Peter Porker shows up in Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, the, the, the animated cartoon. movie. But he yeah. doesn't show up in this one? No, not at all, no. How is that, what the fuck were they doing? How does that not happen? <laughs> no, he does not. That's all I'm going to say. He does not show up, no. Oh, you're ribbing me. No, I'm right. serious. Where did you even hear that? I didn't hear it anywhere. Oh, well, no, he does not I just not assumed no, that Peter no. Porker would be there. No, sorry. Sort of burst your bubble. No Peter Porker. Not even like in a post-credit thing? Not like Nothing. a joke or anything? Nope. Mike L., what were they doing? How could you not do that? I don't know. I guess this interview's a, this review's a bust, right? Yeah, the only reason I picked this book was because I thought for sure Peter Porker was showing up in that goddamn nope, Spider-Man nope, movie. Nope, no Peter Porker, sorry. Wow. What a letdown. <laughs> yeah. That's all I I'm going to say, though. There's no Peter Porker. I just don't understand how they could make a movie... With all the different Spider-Men in the world, <laughs> they don't have Peter Parker. <laughs> well, maybe well, they're they, saving him for the next one. I don't know. Did, did they have other Spider-Men from the Spider-Verse pop in? Like the Spider-Man Noir? Or okay, can I just say, spoiler alert, if you <laughs> if you have not seen this movie, stop watching, eject, whatever. But I'll tell you right now, only two Spider-Mans show up. Oh, Tobey Maguire and that Garfield kid? Right. There's no there's no Spider-Man Noir, there's no Spider-Ham, there's no Miles Morales, nothing. It's just those two actors. Oh. However, it's interesting you should mention that because right now I'm Googling and it says Oh, forget it. No, it's just clickbait. They said it was a he was in a deleted scene, but he's not. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Journalism. 
on the internet. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it just seems like a miss, right? Like not having Peter Porker, at least like as a joke, a throwaway little sure. thing. But like you maybe know, when the credits were rolling, just have them it, it would, Yeah, something. that would have been a great post-credit sequence. You're right, but they didn't. So. Oh, I am devastated, Michael. I don't know if I can continue <laughs> doing the show. What a downer. <laughs> the only reason ruined. I took this damn book was because I thought it tied into the movie. But Sorry, hey, I, I I did see that Spider Verse thing a while ago. That was good. That was it was really good. Yes, it was arguably the best Spider Man movie. Although I do like the Tobey Maguire ones more, but this one is arguably better. Into the Spider Verse. Well, yeah, I've never seen any of these new Spider Mens. Uh, the old uh, with this uh, Tom Holland's fellow. You can. Uh, this is maybe sacrilegious, but you can skip them. They're not. I don't think they're great. Personally. That's what our buddy Kevin Jack told me as well. He said, right. "Yeah, they're not that great." Because I didn't even bother uh, going to watch him there. But uh, I like him, though, as Spider-Man. Like, when I see him in the Captain Americas mm-hmm. and the Avengers and all that, I'm like, oh, that's a good Spider-Man, that kid. But, I don't know. The thing is, is, like, the, the younger generation, the Becca generation, they think those movies <laughs> are the second coming of Christ, you know? So, <laughs> don't ask me what I think. I just, I think they're okay. Yeah, maybe but. I'll give them a whirl. I, I don't know. But, mm-hmm. uh, hey, spoiler alert, my boy shows up in this movie, though, right? Which boy? Uh, you know, Daredevil. I can't say. I can't <laughs> say. <laughs> All right, let's go see the movie. So let's get to Peter Porker. Uh, this he was create. This concept was created by uh, Larry Hama and Tom DeFalco, and then the artist Mark Armstrong came in to do the design and the character. Uh, have you ever heard the story about how he was created? Uh, not really. No. Well, apparently, uh, you're. He's your boy, Larry Hammer, right? You love Larry Hammer. Oh, yeah. I love Larry Hammer. I love G.I. Joe. Yep. But Tom DeFalco, there seems to be mixed uh, reports on Tom DeFalco. Some people like him. A lot of people seem not to like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was like, the editor-in-chief for several years. Yeah. So you're bound to make some enemies, right? In like the 90s, right? Uh, Yeah, 80. He followed Jim Shooter. So he was, I think, yeah. 86 or 87 to like 91-ish, I think, or 92. Oh, is that it? I thought he was deeper into the 90s. Maybe, right. maybe, a little, maybe longer, yeah. Oh, I have no idea. I'm just I guess. Anyway, so th- this was uh, in the early 80s. This was like around uh, 83-ish, I think, this conversation happened. And at the time, apparently a lot of people thought that Marvel was going to like uh, kind of go like with Disney. Remember how Disney had all those Disney stores everywhere? Right. And, uh, people thought Marvel was going to do that. They were going to mm-hmm. have their own stores, their own comic book stores, and they were going to sell merchandise and all this other stuff. And, but everyone inside Marvel laughed at that speculation because, well, they were a big company in terms of comic book companies. They were not a big company in terms of companies. Companies, You know what I mean? Like they were okay. small potatoes compared right. to like Disney and stuff like that. Sure. So it, internally, they all laughed at it and they realized it was all a joke that was never going to happen. So DeFalco and Hammer were sitting around one day and they're just shooting the shit about that, how ridiculous it is. And they said, well, maybe we should come up with like uh, little animal versions of our heroes and they just start passing back ideas. And, and DeFalco said, hey, how about Peter Porker, the spectacular spider ham? And it just became a little joke. But uh, then someone else started walking by and they said, hey, that's not a bad idea. You might want to uh, think about mm-hmm. that. So uh, they went to Jim Shooter with it. And they said, hey, we want to do a one-off uh, book with just uh, animals mm-hmm. uh, versions of our heroes for kids. And uh, Jim Shooter said, hey, if I said yes, will you get out of my office? <laughs> he says, all right, good, do it. Now get the hell out of here. So, yeah, they did it. And that book was called Marvel Tales, but it was spelled T-A-I-L-S. Yes, we reviewed that as well, yep. Oh, you did? I, I didn't yeah. read it. Yeah, do you remember the other heroes in that book, Michael? 
Uh, well, coincidentally, I don't usually cheat, but I'm looking at a picture of it right now. Yeah, okay. It's the Hulk bunny. Yeah, I don't get that. They, they, they really dropped the ball there. They could have come up with something there as a, a pun on the name because everyone else has a pun and then Hulk bunny. What? Yeah, what I don't know what they're thinking. You're right. Uh, then there's Captain America. Yeah, Captain America. Well, I guess they all have to be animals, but you're right. Like, they could have had a better pun than just Hulk yeah. bunny, right? Yeah. yeah. And then there's also, of course, Goose Rider, my favorite. Yeah. Goose Rider mm-hmm. and Peter Porker. And uh, they, they teamed together. So how was that story? Because I have never read it. Was that? It was fine. It was fine. Yeah. So that came out in 1983. And that was, uh, it actually proved somewhat successful. So then Marvel uh, in 85, or I, don't, I think it was in 85 when they started Star Comics, which we talked about with ALF when we did the ALF issue. Uh, Marvel started their own little publishing branch, Star Comics for kids. Books for kids. So they right. said, hey, here, we'll bring back Peter Porker because he, uh, you know, he sold some books. So uh, we'll launch Peter Porker, and that's what they did. And uh, Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham. So right. Star Comics, uh, the series ran from 1985 to 1987, a span of 17 issues. It was published bi-monthly. Right. So it's actually a pretty long time. It lasted. Yeah, yeah when you think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, after cancellation, Spider-Ham became a regular backup story in Marvel Tales, T-A-L-E-S, and he had 32 appearances between issues yep. 201 and 247, which I don't remember at all. Do you remember that, Michael? Yeah, I didn't know they existed until we reviewed the first one in our show. Wow, look at you guys really digging yeah. deep into Peter Porker. Now, yep. did you do did you do all that because of the Spider-Verse, or when, why did you do all that? Uh, no, it's just because we, we review every 80s Spider-Man comic, and it came to the point where... Like, the, that month of Marvel Tales, whatever month that was, it was just chronologically a new story. And so I thought, well, why don't we review that and then also do Spider-Ham number one and Marvel Tales number one. Oh. You know, so that's what we did. And we had, we actually had the Marvel artist uh, Jay Fosgett on. Jay Fosgett's drawn Peter Parker, so, or, sorry, Peter Porker. Peter Porker yeah. So we had him on our show to help us review it. And he's a big fan of these creators, the ones we're going to talk about, so. Look at you with, like, guests. Yeah. Right? yeah, real guests. Impressive. Yeah, real guests, not just people we know. <laughs> right. Uh, Peter Porker also appeared in What The? Issues 3, 18, 20, 22, 24, and 26. That's right. And uh, over the years, he's made other appearances. I guess, he, who was the fella who kind of brought him back? Uh, he's thought I read that. The, Slot or whatever? What's his oh, name? Dan uh, Slot. Dan Slot, yeah. I think he was kind of the guy that brought him back into uh, relevance. Um, I think so, yeah. It could be. I think from what I read, he, he brought him back into a video game that he had a hand in. Okay. Uh, and then that led him becoming popular again. So they, so he's been a popping up in comic books ever since. That's good. I mean, that's the thing is, I think for a while, Marvel was embarrassed by these types of characters, but now they embrace them more, you know? Yeah, As they should. Now, do you know, uh, I guess in issue 15 of this year's Spider-Ham uh, series, they reveal his origin. Do you, know, okay. do you know his origin? No, I don't. I don't. It's all right. So there was a pig named May Porker. And, oh, uh, I think I heard this, but go ahead. Yep. <laughs> she was doing something with some, uh, I don't know if she was doing experiments. So There's some radioactive hairdryer or something was going on. I don't know. But she became radioactive and went a little squirrely. And she bit a spider named Petey or Peter, Peter the spider. <laughs> And he turned into Peter Porter, the spectacular spider. So instead of a radioactive spider biting a human, 
in this universe, a radioactive pig bit a spider, and that's how we get Peter Porker. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Creative and stuff I, there. I like it. And I guess May became his benefactor, like uh, his de facto aunt. And, okay. So like Aunt May or whatever. But anyway. Um, so there you go. That's the origin of Peter Porker, the spectacular spider ham. Anything else you'd like to mention about him, Michael? Uh, I don't know. Only that I've always liked the character. I remember uh, I was actually at a comic convention and I was interviewing um, an artist named, uh, oh, geez, what's her name? Agnes Garboska. And, oh. she, and she's someone who's also drawn Peter Porker. And the nerdiest guy on Earth walked up to her and was like, you forced me to read Peter Porker with like a smile on his face like, you rascal. And I'm thinking, dude, you've got nothing to hide. Like, who are you trying to impress here, buddy? Yeah, anyway. Peter Porker is pretty awesome. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. He's awesome. Anyway. Yeah, maybe describe uh, <clears throat> what Peter Porker looks like for the kids. Who, uh... So, it's essentially, he is a, you know, he's obviously short. Like, he's about, what, two or three feet tall, I guess? Yeah, I, I guess and everyone. They say, yeah. We should say this world is all talking animals. Right, it's right. And so he's humanoid looking, but uh, he has, you know, a big giant pig snout. Uh, we're talking about the Spider-Man, like when he's in a Spider-Ham costume, yeah, right? Yeah, the yeah, the Spider-Man. So he's got kind of like, you know, thicker than average legs and like big feet and, uh, you know, kind of like almost like the 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 physique of like, a, I don't want to say a midget, but like a little person or a baby, right? Because he's got big arms and big hands, but like a tiny body. Uh, like I said, a big pig snout and pig ears. And then he's got the spider eyes like Spider-Man does. But then he also has additional spider eyes on the on the end of his snout, which I think is really funny. Yeah, like the nostrils on the end of the snout, he has two little right. eyes there too. And like the logo is kind of like a pig-shaped spider. And on the back, it's kind of like a bigger pig-shaped upside-down spider, right? Right, right. Uh, but the one thing that annoys me, though, is how come they didn't, like, when he turns sideways, you really see, like, his snout. It's just basically all red, and there's no webbing on it. Why didn't they put the webbing on the snout? Webbing? Yeah, on the snout, you know? Yeah. Are you looking at the cover there? Uh, I'm looking at, oh, sorry, I was looking at number one. Let me jump to number two. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me see here. What in tarnation? Oh, I see what you mean. It's kind of like they, they kind of, like, skimped out on the details, you mean? Yeah, they did it throughout the issue too. Like it, they yeah. don't draw, they don't put the webbing on the sides of his nose. It's just well, that's uh, obviously red. that's just a design thing. They must have just I don't know why, but they purposely designed it that way. Yeah, that's what I don't understand. Like yeah, why do that? Odd. Yeah. So, do you know who specifically designed the actual look? I think Mark Armstrong. Oh, interesting. Okay. Like, like he was listed among the the creators, so I'm guessing. Okay. Now, do you know who drew the cover to number one of Peter Porker, the Spectacular Spider Ham? Yeah, I do not know number one. Not, none other than Michael Golden. Oh, your boy. Yeah. <laughs> your boy, Michael Golden. Uh, yeah, so the creators here uh, for this issue are, the writer is Steve Skeets, right? Yes, who used to write Aquaman and who's my friend on Facebook. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, let's see if he's still your friend after this. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> so, so that's a spoiler. <laughs> and then the uh, the artist is the aforementioned Mark Armstrong. Uh, we'll talk about them afterward. We'll, uh, uh, cool. All right. Book now. So yeah, the cover of issue two, Michael. 
Uh, yes, we got Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham. Uh, this is a great logo. Uh, like, the Spider-Ham logo itself is based on the Spider-Man logo, specifically from Marvel Tales, which was always one of my favorite Spider-Man logos. But anyway. Okay. Yeah, I the, guess what, what makes it different, like the webbing between the letters and stuff? No, not that. It's just that it's it's uh, three-dimensional and it's curved, but it's not curved like the Amazing Spider-Man logo. It's curved in a different way. It's hard to describe. It's, well, but... it's, it's curved like downward. Right. Toward the viewer. Kind right, of. instead of kind of outward. It's different, yeah. yeah. But there are and some like webbing between some of them. Yes, parts. yes. And then instead of, let's be clear, this is Star Comics. This is a, a, an imprint of Marvel Comics. So the top left is the Star Comics, and then there's a little box below the corner box that says Marvel. And then we got uh, Spider-Ham swinging into the box. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Kind of like kicking as he swings. It's a good shot. And then on the cover here, we've got Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Ham, confronting the parody version of the Vulture. And what's he called in this? The Buzzard? No, I can't remember what he's called, but we'll get to him eventually. Yeah. And he's standing in a <laughs> he, box. What's that? He's a possum, too. He's, he's a possum. Oh, is he? Okay. He's standing in a box that says Rogue's Gallery. And above that, it says Shooting Gallery. And on the right of that, it says Pitching Gallery. Oh, so I guess it's kind of like a joke. I didn't realize that. Okay. <laughs> yes, it is kind of like a joke. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, next to the Vulture parody, there's uh, another guy there. He's like the bullfrog uh, villain in this book, but I—is he like a takeoff on the rhino kind of? Or? I'm not sure. I'm not sure because he's got a horned head and everything. But um, yeah, I don't know. And there's another guy in the background, but that's just a pedestrian. Oh, it's a kid. There's a kid and a guy and a father, I guess. Yeah, there's a, yeah. He's like throwing a ball at the other carnival games. So basically, Spider Ham's at a carnival fairway there, and uh, but the Rogues Gallery instead of the right pitch right. gallery and whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah. And he's winding up to punch him. That's right. Spider hand. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good cover. I mean, you know, yeah, as funny animals things go. Yeah. And it's drawn by Armstrong and uh, the inker here, Albello. Yeah. Uh, what's his first name? Uh, uh, Joe. Joe Albello. Joe. All right. So uh, here we go, Michael. The big splash page. <laughs> splash page. Stanley presents. Peter and then, oh, yeah. I like that little because uh, he got a pig, an eight legged pig. Hanging down from Peter Porker. Right. And we get a, di a completely different Spider-Ham logo here on the splash page. Notice that? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then Spider-Ham in of buzzards and bullfrogs. And I guess we're joining the story, you know, on media res or however you pronounce that. He's in the middle of a fight with a vulture, except he's called. What is he here? Oh, he's yeah, buzzard. Yeah, probably buzzard. I know he Must says be. it later in the book, but. Uh... So yeah, he's fighting him, and uh, the buzzer's trying to shake him off, and he's ab above the suburbs, and he basically just falls. So as they're falling, Spider-Ham webs onto like a streetlight, swings and, you know, saves himself, but the buzzer just falls and smashes into the ground. Um, and then, uh, oh yeah, he had, so yeah, he is called the buzzard. And then uh, just at that moment, um, a car comes driving down the road, and then that wakes up J. Jonah Jackal, who's laying in bed. Yeah, instead of J. Jonah Jameson, J. Jonah Jackal. Right, right. And so then, uh, the oh, it's actually the police that came. So the police arrive, and it says, police supervillain squad. They come, and they arrest the buzzard, and they throw him into this, you know, metal, like, kind of like a paddy wagon, I guess. Throw him in. And then J. Jonah Jackal's all upset because he was woken up, so he storms outside to see what's going on. 
And, and Michael, do you notice uh, J. Jonah Jackal, he, his, in the storyline here, he has a cold and he was in bed. Ah. And you notice in that panel, like the little pill bottles, the Kleenex box, the hot water bottle, they're all living. They're all, they're all living? What do you mean living? They have arms and legs and eyes and faces. Oh, that's kind of weird. You see that? Yeah, like the little men, yeah, like dancing on his like little breakfast in bed little table thing. Well, if you go down below that, the bottom right corner. The, oh, yeah, the that's bottom. right. That's so weird. Like the hot water bottle, the, clean, the bottle, the Kleenex box. You're right. They're living. <laughs> so strange. That's very <laughs> weird. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway. So then he peeks outside to see what's going on. And he sees the cops arresting the buzzer. But then the paper boy comes out, comes by just at that minute, throws a, a rolled up newspaper and hits him in the head. And he's all angry about it because it's their competitor, right? I think so. Yes, because I mean, uh, J. Jonah Jameson and Peter Porker, they work at the Daily Beagle, right? Right. It's the Daily Beagle. Right, right. So then, yeah, so then he gets hit in the face with that. And he's all angry. And then just at that moment, uh, Spider-Ham uh, jumps on a city bus to go back home. And then uh, J. Jonah Jackal... Uh, he, he grabs the paper and he looks at it and he's always oh, like, oh, this isn't the Daily Beagle. This is some other filthy rag, a paper I've never heard of before. So now the he's morning all, scandal. Yeah, the, the morning, morning scandal. scandal. It's like a, uh, National Enquirer type right. magazine. Yeah. So he wants to go track down the paper boy, right? To give him a piece of his mind. But then, uh, he goes to the, uh, the newsstand and it turns out that they don't, um, uh, they stopped carrying the Beagle. Sorry about that. The guy's like, but the public seems to like the new paper better. He's like, better? Did you say better? So now he's got to go to the bottom of this, right? Even though I read, the, I read this four days ago, I don't remember any of this. Anyway, okay, so. <laughs> so he like storms off. And then we catch up with Spider-Ham and he's swinging to get back. He's, he's on his way to uh, the Daily Beagle, right? Now, Mike, yeah, when he's swinging, uh, Spider-Ham swinging through the city there, that you see a billboard. Opening soon at the European Theater, the Gangland Follies. Right. Um, do you think that's a play? Is this when those gangland wars were going on in the Spider-Man books? Do you think that's a parody of that? Uh, it could be, but I don't know. I think it's probably something completely different, to be honest. Sure. I think so. Like, it's probably like a, a specific player movie, I think. Well, Guys and Dolls would be the thing, but I, I'm thinking Gangland Follies. Could be, but I don't, know. I don't know. I think that's an inside Spider-Man joke. That's something you should... Uh, Ask those kids that do that Spider-Man. Oh, that's you. Wait a minute. You're yeah. the one that does that Spider-Man <laughs> podcast. But I think. Well, I'll tell you. Wait. When did this come out? 85? No, yeah. I think this is like two years too early. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so. Okay. Not that. But anyway, so uh, Spider-Ham looks down and he sees Hoppity Harrison. Na alias the, nef the Nefarious Bullfrog. So, you know, who's this guy supposed to be? I, that's what I mean. I don't like he's the guy on the cover standing next to the buzzard in the gallery there. And I'm, I'm thinking maybe the rhino because he's got like horns, uh, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the, they're yeah, no fun leapfrog, you know? Yeah, but. I don't know. So he's like, yeah, well, I'm going to follow him. But then we cut over to the Daily Beagle and uh, we see a character named what's this yeah, guy's good name? Because I don't think they ever actually say their names or if they do. <laughs> I yeah, they kind of... them. but their names are uh, that's J. Jeremiah Jackal Jr. I guess that's Jonah's son or nephew or something. I don't know. It's a junior, so I don't know. Maybe his brother or something. But anyway, uh, so I got, I'm thinking it's his son. And then we have Benson Bunny and Upton Adam Stray. 
is the black cat with the sunglasses. Okay. They are J. Jonah Jackal's junior reporters. Okay. But they're not specifically based on any Daily Bugle. Yes. That's what I found very confusing. Right. And we'll get to that when we're done with all this. But um, those are who those three characters are. And I hope you like them because we spend a lot of time with them. Yes. Um, oh, boy. So then uh, so they're <laughs> kind of... What is it they're arguing about? Uh, I don't even know. Let me go back and look. Uh, okay. I to go to my notes to get their names. Um, well, I, I think... Oh, uh, the Beagle... J- yeah, the, the kids are playing ball. The bunny and the cat are playing ball in the room. And uh, the, the jackal son there, he's like, hey, you kids are fooling around. We should be, uh, you should be making money or something. Or I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, because then, then J. Jonah Jackal comes in. And he's upset because the, the beagle's not being published. It's vanished from every newsstand in the city. So they have to go and investigate and find out what's going on, right? Yeah, like this bunny, he's real smart, Bunsen Bunny. Mm. and uh, he's got glasses he's a nerdy and he talks real uh, highfalutin but he breaks it down he's like uh here's uh, how they're beating you and uh the, the ratings there or the, the the sales there uh jay jonah they uh, they print half truths innuendo silverfish i don't know what that means uh <laughs> trick photos bias cheap ink flimsy paper and uh then there's the cat i like the cat just because he's a black cat and i like black cats michael me too but anyway. uh I don't know. That's about it. Uh, so, yeah, he sends the junior reporters off to go uh, find out what's going on. And that's what they do. And m- then we cut back to Peter P- or Spider-Ham. And he's watching that uh, that frog guy go into a costume place. Right. He wants to get the costume fixed up. So Spider-Ham says, oh, he must be planning a, a, a job, you know, a criminal job here. Right. Keep an eye on him. Yeah. And then we cut over to uh, the, the two reporters or the three reporters from the daily beagle and they come across this woman who's digging through a garbage can that says mick jaguar on it and she's going through his garbage right to find out gossip on him i think right yeah she's one of the reporters at the new morning scandal right and her name is min mings oh minxie byline see byline Okay. And she dresses like a prostitute. Right, right, right. <laughs> so then she goes off one way and they kind of go off the other, but then they decide to follow her. Like, yeah, we're going to follow her, see what's going on. So they follow her into an alley and then she disappears down a manhole. Then we cut over to Spider-Ham, who's still watching um, whatever this guy is. And he's got like a banana, like a pop. And so he sees the whatever this guy is leave that clothing store. So then Spider-Ham goes to follow him. Meanwhile, we cut back over to the reporters. Now they're under, like, they're in, like, a sewer. They're, like, crawling through a sewer pipe with a flashlight, right? And they come out, and they come across a bunch of people uh, basically living. What are they doing? Oh, no, these are all, these are all mannequins, right? No, 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 no. They're not uh, people. First of all, they're sewer rats. Well, yeah, none of these are actual people. They're animals. They're talking. But they're all like brainwashed sewer rats working for the morning scandal. Right, right, right. This is where they make their paper down in the sewers. Right. So then then we cut back to Spider-Ham, and he lost track of that guy he was following. And then he's like, oh, well, uh, maybe he ducked into the subway. So he decides to change back into Peter Parker. And go you know, meet up, Mike, Mike L. Look when he's changing into Peter Porker there, like the other clothes on the uh, the line there. 
Ah, Mouse's pants. And uh, is that would that be Donald Duck's coat? I'm not sure whose coat that is, but it's pretty clever there. I like it. Yeah, it's smart. So then he yeah he jumps into like a pair of like pants and he puts a shirt on and now he's walking along. Now he's Peter Porker. He meets up with J. Jonah Jackal, and J. Jonah Jackal convinces him to follow him to figure out what's going on, right? The one uh, weird thing about Peter Porker, though, is when he's in pig form, he's got hair. Yeah. So so does J. Jonah Jackal, but um, it kind of works for him just because he's a jackal. Uh, I don't know if if the pig, I wouldn't have designed him with hair. I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. It looks weird. Yeah, well... I don't mind it though, right. but yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> um. So anyway, oh, so now they're oh, they're gonna go see um. Gangland Follies. The right, they're gonna see Gangland Follies. Right. So then we cut over to the sewer, and we see that uh, what's her name, Minxie, has met up with her boss. Right. Yeah, and I guess this guy's a uh, kind of looks like Pogo. So what was Pogo? What kind of animal? He was a he was a possum, wasn't he? That's what I thought. So all right, yeah. I guess he's an possum too. Then I don't know. Yeah, or yeah. Man, I, I just read this. I don't remember what the hell happened. I don't have any <laughs> idea. Well, J. Jonah Jackal and Peter Porker are going to that musical because they know a bunch of celebrities and wealthy people are going to be there. And uh, Jonah says, "Hey, we can get some stories for the paper, you know, because that seems to be what's selling these days." But then mm-hmm. Peter Porker says, "Oh, rich wealthy people. That's what the bullfrog's probably going to go do. He's probably going to go rob those rich wealthy people at that musical." So he wants to go there to try and catch that bullfrog guy. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so when they, uh, the, the three junior reporters, they're down there, they're seeing these uh, automatons, basically these brainwashed sewer rats making this uh, paper. They said, hey, uh, Bunsen Bunny says, hey, J. Jonah Jackal Jr., give me that little pocket watch you're always spinning around. And uh, Bunsen takes it and he like tries to dehypnotize the sewer rats. And uh, that's a pretty cool panel. Oh, like when he's like dehypnotizing them, like the big bunny face in the background and the pocket watch in the foreground. And see I mean, where is that? What page is that on? <laughs> it's on. Uh, let's see, page eleven, uh, second panel, middle row. Okay, let's see. Yeah. Uh, so, oh yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. That's some good art. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good panel. And uh, so then, while well, they're trying to do that, then we cut back up uh, above ground to the gangland follies and Jackal and Peter Porker are waiting in line. And, uh, Peter Porker though, he, does he have spider sense? Is, is he, well, sense? I don't know if he does, but he must. Yeah. Cause it, it doesn't tingle here, but the, the, the bullfrog guy standing right next to him in a trench coat. And then uh-huh. the bullfrog guy throws off his trench coat and he starts just jumping on people. And, uh, I guess he's going to rob him. You know? Oh, right. he wants to rob, uh, they have a, an Elizabeth Taylor and, uh, uh, Richard Burton parody. Right, and, and he's going to try and steal the diamond ring off of the uh, Elizabeth uh, Taylor. Is she a pig in this? Uh, she looks like some kind of animal, not a pig though. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she has a normal nose. But uh, yeah, so he wants to steal her diamond ring. So he's trying to rip the diamond ring off her uh, chubby finger. He can't get it off. And then uh, Peter Porker goes and uh, changes into Spider Ham to come and save the day. And, right. Yeah, he basically comes in and he punches that guy. The bullfrog. Yeah, the bullfrog and like knocks him up into the air. I actually, we'll talk about the art, but I do like the art, the way it's done. But anyway, and then basically Elizabeth Taylor is all grateful. 
and gives him like a medal that says hero on it. I think she's then, a cat. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that could be. Yeah, she's got the ears. ears. The nose. Yeah. Right. So then uh, Peter Parker's all happy, but then, oh, I actually remember this part. He gets all these guns pulled on him because it turns out that the actors in this gangland murders or whatever follies uh, play are actual gangsters. They were just using the play as a way to dis- to disguise to to the you know throw the scent off them but they actually yeah. are against gangsters and so they they explain their origin and how uh they uh they're jewel thieves they break into rich rich uh, sorry ritzy hotels stealing everyone's jewelry blah 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 but then they went to jail and then they i guess they came up with a scheme right to put on this play and then, uh, and then, did they reveal the thing about the automatons? Not yet. Not yet, eh? But yeah, so, so the, here's a panel, though, where the spider ham snout is, is uh, colored yellow. Yeah, that's weird, eh? Yeah, like a duck's bill. I don't what? know what's going on there. But yeah. Clearly a mistake, yeah. Yeah. How does that happen? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, how could you get it so wrong? You're right. Yes. It, it's not even the same color as the background. It's just yellow. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's like so weird. there's no yellow used anywhere else in the book. <laughs> right. right. Except for that one panel. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. So they, uh, the gangsters put the guns up to a uh, spider ham and are about to shoot him and whatnot. And here come the automatons out of the uh, sewer from the manhole cover. And uh, Bunsen bunny is leading them up to uh, fight all the gangsters now. So we got the sewer rats fighting the gangsters. Right. We have a big fight scene. Pow, sock, smack. And uh, Peter Peter Parker punches one of them out. And then the Pogo character is with Minxie. He's like, what's going on, Minxie? Uh, those are my workers, aren't they? But what are they doing up here? Don't ask me, Mr. Hedgehog. I work on the editorial end. You're in charge of publishing. And, uh, yeah, basically... And then the reporters are coming out of the, uh, the uh, manhole... There's a lot of dialogue here, a lot, <laughs> and I don't remember what any of it said. But um, <laughs> basically, uh, the the morning scandal crew, the possum guy and uh, Minxie, they realize, hey, we got to get out of town here. Our, our gig is up. They uh, they ruined our business here. They they found out we were I don't know running shady business practices with hypnotized sewer rats. We got to take our business elsewhere. So they're uh, they're leaving town. And that's it. They're out. And then uh, and then Peter Parker's like, huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. Then J. Jonah Jackal's like, uh, he wants a pic. He he's like, I at least like a picture of these creeps' departure. If not for the Beagle, then for my own personal scrapbook. How come that lazy bozo is never around when I need him? The next time I see him, I'll I'll. And then Peter Parker's like, huh? Listen to that jackal. I capture the buzzer, the bullfrog, and a pack of jewel thieves. Yet Jonah winds up with a lower opinion of my real self than he's ever had before. Just like the real Peter Parker, right? And they like, don't ever dare show my face. Not now. I swear, some days it just doesn't pay to get out of bed. The end. So yeah, just like Peter Parker, yeah, that's, right? Yeah, that's very much an old Ditko Lee ending to a yeah. Spider-Man book. Absolutely. And, uh, it, he goes away kicking a can, and uh, he's all sad. So that's it. The book's over. Oh, wait, no, Mike. Yeah, there's more. There's the Uncanny X-Bugs backup story. <laughs> yes. And this is written and drawn by Steve Meller. Um, I, 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 I forgot to even research him. I have no idea who he is. Or... The only thing, actually, I know that uh, Jay Fosgott's a big fan of his. Like, he's got a different style. Like, the other artist is a, a little bit more straightforward. This is a little bit more, like, I don't know what you'd call it, but it's like... Wacky, yeah, wobbly. <laughs> I guess, yeah. It's 
weird. Lucy, so, Lucy. Yeah. yeah. And so this is an odd story, but basically we, we, we see parodies of Cyclops, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, Colossus, and Storm. is that supposed to be Storm? Yeah, okay, Storm. So they, they gather around the parody of Professor X, and Professor X is like, brings them to the danger room, but it's not called the danger room, it's called the insectoscope room. And uh, Professor X is a worm. Right. And all the other ones are just, I don't know, I guess they're bugs. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> Professor like bugs, though. But, all right. Not really, yeah. And then Professor X is talking about their arch enemy, Mosquito, the magnetic mosquito. Wait, no. Oh, Mags Magsquito, the magnetic mosquito. Anyway. And then, um, and then they go to the X-Buggy. And keep in mind, these panels are gigantic. They're, they're like three panels per page, and there's only a few bubbles per panel. So they all jump in, into this X-Buggy, and they're driving down the road, and uh, they go to meet up with Mags, Magsquito. And then Professor X tells them to attack. X-Bugs attack. They, <laughs> it kind of gets violent. We see uh, Wolverine cut Magne Magneto, like, like slice and dice him like a sausage. And then Nightcrawler, like, pokes him in the eye and, like, knocks off, like, his helmet. Cyclops blasts him, and then Storm, like, electrocutes him, and then Colossus, like, smashes him over the head. And then, um, and then basically, he's like, you idiot, and then Magneto, Magneto is like, you idiots, I've gone straight. I'm in the scrap metal business now. <laughs> and there's a sign behind him that says, Mag Squido's uh, junkyard cash for trash, and so the X Men feel like idiots. So then Professor X is like, "Follow me, uh, follow me, men. Another adventure awaits." And that's it. They just leave. Yep. <laughs> the end. Pretty terrible. <laughs> uh, you know, it's okay. But anyway, no, it, we'll, no it's not okay. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, hey, of, of the two parodies we've uh, done, Micah, of the X Men in recent weeks, the Alf one. Remember that one? That was great. And then, and then this one, the clearly yeah, what, the Alf one's better, right? Which book was that in? I don't remember. Alf. It was an Alf. Oh, it is an Alf, right. Duh. Uh, this one, here's the thing is, ooh, these are two completely different styles. I, I don't hate the backup story. It's just really off the wall, you know? <laughs> it's just not, inter I don't know. When you're building uh, a little story to one joke, that joke better be good. Yeah, well, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working in the scrap business now. <laughs> the thing is, is the thing I got to give this book credit for is that I think nowadays, I mean, there are, there are still a lot of comics made for kids by maybe not Marvel, but DC and they are good. But I think this one, even though it's a funny animal book, it's clearly not simplified for kids, right? Like, like we said, there's a lot of text and like the artwork is fairly detailed, you know? So that's one thing I like about it. Yeah, know. like even though I'm not a huge fan of this uh, art style here in the end, in the backup story there, the X yeah, one, it's still distinctive and unique. Yeah, know? exactly, exactly. And it's and it's uh, you may not like this style, but at least it's like um, well done. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. I agree. I agree. Um, now, what do you think of the first artist though? Um, what's his Mark name? Mark Armstrong. Mark Armstrong. Yeah, I think he's a good, very good artist. Yeah, let's let's talk about the creators here. Um, since you mentioned, Mar we'll we'll do it in reverse order. We'll go with the art here. Uh, Mark Armstrong, here's what I found out about him, Michael. Okay. He has seven credits at Marvel. Hmm. They, they include uh, that, that Marvel Tales book where Peter Porker premiered. Uh, then he did Bizarre Adventures issue 31. 
and then he did issues one, two, three, five, and seven of Spider Ham, uh-huh. and that's what I know about Mark Armstrong. There is nothing really? else you can find about this guy. <laughs> really? In fact, um, I saw because I was kind of blown away by that because his art here, like you mentioned, it's I think it's very good for yeah. what it is. You know, like a cartoony. It's very sure. distinctive style. The lines are strong. It has a uh, like it. it the style looked so familiar to me. I could have sworn I'd seen it elsewhere, like in other animations or projects or something like Sure. It, it yeah. looked familiar to me. So I'm like, oh, well, this guy had to do something after this. Like, what's he really known for? And I couldn't find nothing about him. And I eventually found uh, someone put up on their personal blog, like, whatever happened to Mark Armstrong? And they said, uh, does anyone know what he's doing these days? And here, Mark Armstrong replied to that guy oh, really? <laughs> on his blog. This was just like six months ago or something. And Mark Armstrong says, uh, yeah, I gave up comic books a long time ago. In fact, uh, a, a few, uh, about six years ago, my eyes started to get bad. So I thought my days of drawing were done. But uh, I just had some uh, cataract surgery here recently. So, and I'm, I'm doing good. So I might start drawing again. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah, so that's nice. But what did he do between 1985 and 2021? Because, like, it seems like he's clearly a talented artist. Like, for yes. the style. Like, he should have been doing a bunch of stuff. But I couldn't find anything. Well, uh, you know what? I bet you if I listened to our episode with Jay Fosgood, he probably knows something that we don't know. There, there must be yeah. more to this guy. Yeah. I, I guess, but he like doesn't have a Wikipedia page or he doesn't have... There's a couple of Mark Armstrongs, like there's an art, but I don't think it's the same Mark Armstrong. No, yeah, I saw those too. Yeah, completely yeah. different art style, like fine art. So yeah. I couldn't find anybody that, uh, you know, lined up with this guy. And mm-hmm. so I don't know, but I like his art. Like you said, yeah, it's, me too. Uh, it's well done. It's uh, creative. Um, so yeah, the art here is fine. I have no yep. problem with the art here at all. I agree. It's great. Now, the writing. All right. <laughs> oh Steve Skeets. Steve Skeets. He was born 1943 in Rochester, New York. After college, he sent application letters to... He did this on a whim. I guess he was trying to get a job at a newspaper or whatnot. Uh, but then he says, you know what? I'll write to some comic people too. So he sent application letters to four major comic book companies in the form of a comic of comic book captions of uh, like he, he I guess he put up some like comic book pages of uh, I guess he drew them himself. I have no idea um, where he was the hero in the book. And he and he sent it to four different companies and he got a call from Stan Lee and Stan really? Lee said, hey, I'll hire you to be my personal assistant and editor like a little hmm. little friend. So he brought this uh, guy and he's only like, I don't know, 20 or 21, 22. He brought him in to be his uh, personal uh, assistant there. So his job was to read, proofread. Uh, he was to, supposed to proofread the finished books. All right. So when they, after the books are done, Lee would say, "Hey, read these. See if there are any mistakes in them." And uh, he lasted at that job for two weeks because he was so bad at it <laughs> that Lee got frustrated that he kept missing so many mistakes, uh, particularly in the art. He wasn't catching really? the mistakes in the art. Uh, so League got mad and he said, all right, you're out of here. I, I want to. So, you know, who got the job after Skeets? No, who? Our boy, Roy. Roy Thomas. Really? Roy the boy. And then Roy became Stanley's right hand man then for years. Wow. You know? So if Skeets was better at his job, we may not have Roy Thomas. <laughs> you know? uh, wow. Look how fate works. But uh, Skeets was, uh, I guess Lee felt bad, though. So he let Skeets write some Western comics. So that started him off writing the Western comics. And then uh, he used his uh, brief time as Lee's assistant to get gigs with uh, a bunch of other companies, including Tower, 
Do you remember Tower Comics? No, I don't. I don't think so, no. Uh, Charlton, of course. We know Charlton. I know them, yeah. And he worked at DC, Gold Key, Red Circle, Archie, and Warren Publishing. Wow. So all because uh, he, he would tell them, hey, I used to work for, I was Stan Lee's assistant. I'm looking mm. for a job. <laughs> so like, oh, you work for Stan Lee, yeah. Uh, so from 1968 to 71, he teamed with Jim Aparo on Aquaman. Yes, I read those. Doing issues 40 to 56. Huh. So did you like his work on Aquaman? I did. In fact, that's one reason I, you know, fell in love with, you know, Silver Age Aquaman or Bronze Age Aquaman. And that's why I added him on Facebook. Oh, well, you're friends yeah. on Facebook. You get in arguments with him on Facebook? Never, never. <laughs> He's the only in one. 1972, he teamed with artist Sergio Argone. How do you say it? Argones? I, I think so. I don't know how to properly pronounce that. Sorry. We'll be uh, having to learn how to pronounce it soon because... Gru oh, is a common. Don't All worry. right. Can't wait. <laughs> Gru will be coming up soon. But yeah, the guy who did Gru. And uh, they, they teamed up to do a story called The Poster Plague. And it won the ACBA Shazam Award for Best Humor Story. Really? I don't know what ACBA is. ACAB? Mm, I don't think ACBA. No. I guess American Comic nice. Book Association, maybe. We'll go with huh, that. I don't know. <laughs> in 1973 he won the same award uh for a story called the gourmet this time he teamed up with bernie wrightson oh the academy of comic book arts that's what it is ah there you go yeah. so yeah for two years straight there he won the best humor story that's cool uh in 1972 to 74 did 10 10 issues of the phantom stranger for dc hmm. phantom stranger yeah good stuff <laughs> 76 77 he did five issues of plastic man Woo! Love me some plastic, man. He also did a bunch of House of Mystery, House of Secrets, and Adventure comics. Hmm. Done it all. They have a, did they have a House of Adventure? I don't know. Did they? I don't know, but they should have. No, I don't think so. No, they have Adventure right comics. For DC, yeah. yeah. Uh, he has 54 credits of Marvel, including the first seven issues and issue 10 of Spider-Ham. <laughs> and he did uh, five issues of Bizarre Adventures and uh, five issues of Crazy Magazine. Mm, and he did okay. a bunch of like one shot deals for other things, but uh, yeah, the Spider Ham run, eight issues of Spider Ham. That's pretty much the most he did at Marvel. Uh, Mike Gell, he also wrote some episodes of GI Joe and Transformers and Gem, the animated shows. You don't say. Then I bet you I've come across those episodes because I've just watched them all again recently, and I own them <laughs> on Blu-ray. Anyway, actually, just DVD. Even Gem? <laughs> uh, Gem, no, but I did buy the box set for uh, Becca. Yeah, I, she I know has that. it. But one day maybe I'll buy it for myself. I remember Becca liked it. All right. uh, He got burned out on comics in the late 80s, and he quit entirely to go be a bartender. How about that? Really? Interesting. I'm done. I'm just going to be a bartender. Wow. uh, Probably more money bartending anyway. (laughs) Probably. Um, But he he was only working as a bartender for a few weeks before he got the itch again to create some stuff. So he he at least went back to doing some, uh, like, comic strips in the local newspapers and stuff. And then that caught him back. And he did some other comic things after that. And he's been working... Uh, right up until today, I guess. Still wow, cool. Stuff like that. And in uh, 2012, he won the Bill Finger Award for Excellence in Comic Book Writing. Oh, he deserves it. Well, maybe not for this issue. <laughs> but... <laughs> there he is, Steve Skeets. Uh, I think the most interesting thing there is the whole Stan Lee assistant and uh, Roy yeah. the Thomas, Roy the Boy. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, everything uh, worked out, I guess. Because again, if Skeets is a better proofreader, maybe Roy doesn't become Stanley's buddy. You know? Yeah. So yeah, for this issue though, I did not like 
much of this. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Here's my main problem, Michael. This is issue two of Peter Porker the Spectacular Spider-Ham. I want to spend time with Peter Porker the Spectacular Spider-Ham, not three other dudes running around. Yeah. Like, what... What was going on? You know here? what? I, I think, from what I remember, this might have been my criticism of number one: is I want to see a parody of Spider-Man. Yes. I don't want to see some other funny animal story with Spider-Ham just stuck in there, right? Like, I want to see a parody of Aunt May and you know Mary Jane and all of that, right? Like, that's what it should yes. be, right? Yes, absolutely. And like, even when Spider-Ham uh, does stuff, like. He beats the buzzard there at the beginning of the book, but he does nothing. He just swings to a lamppost, and the buzzard falls and hits the ground. Then when he beats a uh, bullfrog, he punches him once, and that's it. It's like, right. what? There's like nothing. Spider-Ham does nothing, basically. Yeah, good point, good point. Uh, yeah, I just did not like any of this. And then even like the writing, um, if we go, if you want to read any of this, I don't know. But if you go into like his internal dialogues with Spider-Ham, he's just describing what he's doing. And why right. he has to do it. You know, I guess it's for kids and stuff. I get that. But it could have been, you know, better ways to do it than to just describe right. what he's doing in the panels and everything. Um, I don't know. I just, I didn't like any of this, Michael. Not a goddamn look of it. Nothing. Yeah, I, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> I like to know what a kid thinks of it, you know. I like to know if a kid read this, if they enjoyed it. And from what I can tell, Michael... Uh, the uh, Benson Bunny and uh, that other the cat and the J. Jonah Jekyll Jr. This issue is their first appearances. Were they in that first issue that you read? Well, I guess not. I don't remember now. Yeah, because on Marvel Fandom, the page, they said that th this was their first appearances. But did anything in this book set them up as characters, really? I don't think so, no. No, it's like, it's like they join in, like, we should know who these people are. And I had no idea who they were. Mm -hmm. Like, I swear they didn't mention their names, really, except for the one, the... Jackal Jr. Like, I guess Benson Bunny's mentioned, but I don't remember them mentioning the cat's name anywhere. So right. that's why I had to, like, look them up to see what their names were and, like, who they all were. I had no fucking idea. And, uh, I don't know. Yeah, this is this is not good. This is not what I expected, Peter Porker. Like, I had never read Peter Porker. Okay. Like, had you had you read the books in your younger days? Did you uh, no, I probably read, like, one or two issues. That's it. And then I saw him in What The, you know? Yeah, I think I read him in What The. Uh -huh. And if I remember... Because they did a parody of, like Craven's Last Hunt, and right, the, exactly. And I think that was just a just a straightforward Spider-Man parody with exactly. Spider-Man as a pig, right? But so that's what I was expecting in this, and this is not that at all. No, it's not quite that, is it? No, <laughs> this is like exactly what you said. It's just like an animal book mm -hmm. with Peter Porker thrown in once in a while, right? And it's like, right. oh, that's a problem. This sucks. Yeah. Uh, I did not. Like I'm this. not going to say it sucks, but it's not what I want. It's not what I want. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Would you read more of this? Uh, I mean, maybe I wouldn't run to read more, but I'd walk to read more. You know, <laughs> there's no way I would read more. <laughs> okay, that Xbox thing really knocked the wind out of me too. So. Uh, yeah, huh. this was not enjoyable for me. Sorry to hear that. And to make it even, even to make matters worse, he wasn't even in the new Spider-Man movie. I know the only reason I picked it, and he's not even in the. Yeah. I, are you sure he's not in? Maybe go watch it again. He's got to be in there somewhere. Hundred percent positive. But uh, wait, you're telling me Jay Jonah Jackal wasn't in there either? No, oh. he was not. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. So I I can't give this more than a three. Um, 
Because uh, the art, the art's interesting. Uh, I like the style of the art. Uh, the art's kind of cool. Um, but the writing and the basic concept of this book is very wrong. So I can't I, give it more than a three. I'm going to say because the art's so good, i got to give it at least a five. Because the art I, is really good. I can understand that, yeah. But for yeah. me, it, it really hurt me. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Yeah. All right, so there it is, Peter Porker. And uh, at times like this, Michael, I'm kind of... Well, I was going to say... I'm, Maybe I regret being a vegan because I, I can like kill Peter Porker, but no, I'm glad I'm a vegan because I don't have to hit him. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> but all right, Michael. Next week. Hey, is next week January? That's right. It's January. We're going to have Kevin Jank on the show four weeks in a row, right? Is that how it's going to work? <laughs> I believe so. Yeah. And uh, Michael, I don't know if you noticed, I think you saw this on Twitter, but uh, Jank, you got me a lovely Christmas present. Um, oh really? I didn't see that. He got me uh, well four comic books. I think you saw the book I tweeted out, maybe. But uh, it, it's a comic book called Black Diamond. Okay. And it's star. It's comic, uh, ba- and I will be picking this the next time uh, I, I get a book. But it's a uh, it stars Sybil Danning. The you don't know who Sybil Danning? No, is. I have no idea who the hell that is. She she's a very buxom actress from the seventies and eighties. Oh really? And she was in a lot of terrible movies. Okay. And she's in I'm this a big comic fan. book? Wait, there's a comic book based on her. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm a big fan of hers, and Jank sent me the uh, comic book. I had no idea this comic book ex- existed. And so, yeah, so the ne- when Jank is on next week, it's your pick. Yeah. The next week after that, we're doing Black Diamond. Spoiler alert. We're okay, okay, okay. So, but for next week, when Jank comes on, what are we doing? Well, so I made a deal with Jank, and I said, I will pick one of his appearances on my week and he can pick another right so (laughs) to celebrate my pick and because we're having kevin jank on i thought we'll go dc (laughs) we'll go obscure and we'll go with booster gold number one from 1986 you understand you understand jank hates dc right that's good that's fine (laughs) this one's gonna win him over he's not gonna hate dc after this trust me Booster Gold. Booster Gold. You ever heard of Booster Gold? I have heard of him, and I've encountered him once or twice. Uh, I think I've seen him in some like DC animated shows. Yeah, he's definitely been in. He was in uh, uh, Justice League Unlimited and Batman: Brave and the Bold. Now, what year did you say this is? This is February 1986. Yeah, that's gonna. Be this tough. is basically the first new. I believe the first new superhero of this era. Blue Devil might have been first, but Booster Gold's right up there. So. You know, this is the new DC. As they said at the time, there's no stopping us now. We're going to find out why <laughs> next week, okay? No stopping us now. We've yep. got Booster Gold. Yeah. <laughs> Booster Gold leading the fray. Is anyway. DC working on a Booster Gold uh, movie? I hope so. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if he shows up one of these days. You'll see. Hey, Mike, oh, by the way, uh, we mentioned the Spider movie at the beginning, but I, I don't know. I didn't ask you thumbs up or thumbs down. Did you like the movie? Or? I give, yes. I mean, the last two thirds of the movie are good. The first third is just okay. And overall, it was pretty good. It was very emotional. So, yeah, I liked it. Very emotional? Yeah, you'll see. Well, I think I hear tell another one of my favorite ladies ends poorly. I can't say. I can neither confirm nor deny that. But right. yeah, see the movie. But anyway, that seems so, yeah. like a terrible decision to me. Like, it, why would they would do that? Because it's like, I don't know. 
if, if what happens, if I, what I think happens, happens, why would they do that? Again? Why would uh, they? You have to see the movie to find out, right? And it seems they're looking forward to. They got to sell some tickets. <laughs> anyway, uh, but I, hey, my mind is on Booster Gold. I've already forgotten about Spider Man. Never mind Spider Man. I don't care much much money it's making. Okay. Booster Gold. Yeah. Just uh, you just sent me the link. I'm looking at his costume. Good lord. Yeah, it's great. Read this as a kid. <laughs> The costume with a collar. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you, and you'll see why. It's all explained. Well, maybe not in this issue, but a feature one. But I'm sure you want to read them all when you're done reading this one. Oh, so. yes. I'll, I'll go through the whole run of Booster yep. Gold. Right. Don't worry. There's only, hold on, 25 issues. Anyway. So, yeah, be sure to join us next week and every week at Flea Market Fantasy. You can find all of our episodes on Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts under Comic Book Syndicate. You can also follow the syndicate on Twitter, YouTube, uh, what did I miss there? Oh, Facebook, Facebook, and the Comic Book Syndicate website. Each week we review a different Bronze Age comic. One week I pick, one week Mike Dell picks, sometimes Kevin Jank picks. So be sure to join us every week, like I said, and until next Tuesday, disperse! about we heat things up tonight? Mm, how so? Get a little fresh, add some steam, sizzle, and spice. <laughs> Wait, you're talking about going to Outback again, aren't you? Fire things up at Outback Steakhouse. For a limited time, try our Bloomin' Fried Shrimp or get fresh with our new strawberry salad. Go big with our bone-in ribeye or the filet and grilled shrimp on the barbie. Then cool off with a cucumber crush or peanut koala. Try them all before they're gone. Let's Outback. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.